Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another Victory Monday edition of the Believe in Lions podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V. I'm your host, as always, Jack Cavanaugh, and I am joined, as always, by a former All-Pro for the Detroit Lions, a man who had a couple interceptions of his own against the New Orleans Saints, which we saw Brian Branch pay tribute to Glover Quinn with his interception. Yes, that's right. I am joined once again by Glover Quinn. Yes, indeed. It's a nice interception by Brian, too. Nice interception. Nice one-hander. Um, very nice. Yeah, not a not a bad little interception, you know. Uh, we've been waiting for Brian ever since week one. We've been waiting for another interception for him. So it was nice to see that come up again. Right, right. He's been close a few times, and he finally, finally got one tough catch. And it was the first play of the game. So generally, that happens on the first play of the game. Generally, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to at least get two today. Like, I got one on the first play. I'm not going all game without another one. So, um, he almost had one, which ended up being a big play for them. Um, but uh, still, nice way to start the game. It was. It was. It was a beautiful start to the game, if we're being honest. Go up 21 to nothing after less than seven minutes. End up going into halftime 23 to seven. But it really felt like after that hot start, they get up 21 nothing. It really felt like they kind of stalled out for the next next half of the game for at least the second quarter. And then part of the third as well. It just didn't really seem to get going for a while. Yeah, I thought they kind of, I don't know if they, I don't want to say took their foot off the gas, but uh, they just went through a little lower. And, you know, it's easier to go through those type of lows when you're up 21 nothing. Um, you know, it's hard to get up 21 nothing too. But for a team, you know, I think that goes to show yesterday that, I mean, if you're down 21-0 that early in the game, you don't really have to panic. Like, there's plenty of time. You just got to start playing better. You know what I'm saying? You get one score, get a stop, maybe get another score before or after the half, and now it's a 21-14 ball game, right? A lot of teams panic and get all the way out their game plan. It's like, bro, we still got three and a half quarters left to play. Um, and then for you, the one that's up, you know, a lot of times you'll see them get a little more cautious because you don't want to pick six to change the game right now. You don't want a sack force fumble that they pick up. And, like, you don't want those things to happen. So you're kind of just trying to hold on to the lead, right? Like a soccer team that went up one or two to zero. They really ain't trying to score much more. They're just trying to hold on to the lead, hold the ball, and stop you from scoring. And then they win the game 1-0 or 2-0, right? I think that's what they got into. And But it was just a lot of ball left. And so it's hard to just shut it down or just get that early in the game. It's just difficult. And the Saints made a run for it and, you know, could have made that thing way, way, way more interesting. Bet Online is your number one source for your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or 
Use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. They could have. And it was nice to see that the Lions eventually, you know, that that flip turns on again at the end of the game. And it seems like they're back in control. They're able to score. But part of that was the fumble where the right or the left guard, sorry, punches it out of Derek Carr. So the Lions got a turnover, but it wasn't from anything that they did. It was just a fortunate situation. So then they score at that point, go up 33-21. Saints score the next drive and it's 33-28 the final score. But if that doesn't happen, this is could be a very different ball game. No question, no question. And I mean, you know, you're on the road, you're playing in a in a tough environment. Like I say, I just think, you know, we've all kind of seen what we what we think Super Bowl caliber and NFC Championship caliber teams look like, right? We saw that San Francisco game yesterday against the Eagles, right? Like just. And so you know that if we want the Lions to to be at that spot, we know they can't allow those things to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like they can't expect those good teams to beat themselves, especially deep in the playoffs. And so you just you you got to be able to put it together for a complete game, and. And we just haven't saw that from the Lions the last four weeks. Although they've won, I just think people are like they're winning, but they're not playing great ball. But this could be building character to help them down the stretch. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways to look at this here is, you know, are we building character? Are we falling asleep for part of the game? Or is it a combination of both? And I think it's going to be okay in the end because you see those flashes. You see them get up 21-0. It's a hot start. They know how to be that type of team. It just always feels like at some point early in the season, it was at halftime. After half, they'd come out and they'd be flat. This week, it was after they go up 21-0, they come out flat. Last week against the Packers, it was start of the game. And the Bears, too, come out flat. It just feels at some point, the energy just fades. at, And it, it changes when that energy fades. But how does that work? How does that happen? You know, that, I don't know. And, I, and I, I don't know the exact answer, but I will say this right here. That's probably one of the things I did like about a Tom Brady or Drew Brees that that quarterback figure person that's like your your guy right like Jared Goff is like seems quiet right so like before the game he may be speaking in the huddle right but a lot of times you like I see old linemen or linebackers, there's different guys, right? You don't really see. But when Drew Brees was playing, who did you see in the middle of the Saints? Drew Brees, right? He's the one getting the team. So then during the game, he's the one down the sideline pumping guys up. Hey, let's go. Let's put a drive together. You see it from Tom Brady. Tom Brady might be going at guys, but the quarterbacks are trying to stop that, like, lull, right? Or sometimes I feel like, Jared Goff is so quiet. 
right? So quiet. So then when things starting to slip, I don't know if I see him on the sideline, like galvanizing the guys. It's more to just kind of like, all right, we're going to go out. We'll just go out and put a drive together. And you go through those lulls because, I mean, you're dealing with many other players on the team. It's not just you. And so maybe he can help in that regard just by being a little more vocal in those situations um, because those lulls, you know, a team can 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 make a run and come back on you or they can pull off on you. And like I said, when you start playing against the upper echelon of teams in the playoffs, you don't want neither one of those things to happen. You don't want to give a team a chance to come back on you and get the momentum. And you don't want to have to, you know, try to work your way back because you you started out the wrong way. So hopefully they're getting all those things fixed um, and continuing to win at that. Um, so only time will tell. You know, I think if we get into the playoffs and they don't play well, we'll look back to this stretch and say they really hasn't been playing well starting right here. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, it's just we talked about this last week. It was a turning point. It was a critical point in the season. And to be fair, they did play better. They didn't turn the ball over. The offense was crisp. The offense was clean. They had some three and outs and things like that. But again, we talked about that. That's kind of when they got conservative. It wasn't that the offense was playing poorly. It was just, okay, well, you know, we're not going to go for it on fourth down here. We're going to punt it away and play safe football. That started to catch up for him. But Jared Goff, two touchdowns, 213 yards, no turnovers. Sam Laporta has the best day of his career, 140 yards. Catches every every time they threw the ball at Sam Laporta, nine times. He caught it, gets a touchdown, 140 yards. So a lot of beautiful things on this offense. Just it disappeared for a period of time. Right. Just disappeared. Um, yeah, Sam Porter, man, he, he had a great, great, great game. Um, few big catches, you know. Um, it's nice to see J-Mo get in the end zone. Yeah. Although, although, like, this be the thing that, and I get it, man. This is such a, like, emotional game, man. And it's hard to score touchdowns. I think since we see so many touchdowns, people feel like they're easy, but they're really not. But it just scares me like heck, man. Like J-Mo, last year you you missed half the season with an ACL. This year you come back and it was, you know, the suspension and this. And you already had a bad knee and whatever. Don't go flying in the end zone like that and come down and hurt a shoulder tweak a knee like it's so many things that could have went wrong yesterday when i saw that i'm just like oh just run in the end zone man <laughs> we used to always say people only get hurt for the most part when you're on the ground outside of non-contact injury type stuff you don't really hurt your shoulder unless you fall on the ground man you, you don't hurt yourself unless you're on the ground so that's why you hear everybody in NFL practices saying, stay up, stay up, stay up. Don't fall on the ground because that's when people get hurt. And you're going to go dive on the ground, like from high in the air. Like, oh, I was sitting there like the whole time. Please don't come down on your shoulder bone or something. Um, but it was good to see him get in the end zone. Like I said, Sam Porter 
big time day. Amon Ross St. Brown had a nice, nice catch for for catch and run for a touchdown. So it was overall it was a solid performance. I mean, you look at Sam Laporte, he had 140 some yards, but Jared Goff only had 230. So Sam Laporte had over three quarter, two thirds of his yards. Seems like right. Um, so good day. But I would like to see those numbers get up into like the 300 and we get J-Mo more passes. Josh Reynolds make more of an impact on the passing game because I don't think any of those guys had an impact on the passing game when you look at Sam Laporta having 140 yards. And I'm sure Amon Ross St. Brown had at least 60 because he had a one catch for at least 20 to 25, I believe. So um, there's not a lot left on the bone right there for Josh Reynolds and, and, and Jameson. And so I would like to see them get a little bit more. Um, but overall, it was a pretty solid day offensively. And I think that just, again, goes back to the taking the foot off the gas or getting a little bit too conservative. If they stay aggressive, those numbers are probably better for those guys instead of one catch for Jamison, one catch for Josh Reynolds, one catch for Brock Wright. We, we want to see more from them. J- Jameer Gibbs, only one reception, minus six yards, though he did average over seven and a half yards per carry. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing. You know, he I I think they they just gotta figure out an, another way to get him more and more involved because just being honest, the way they're using him right now, like I liked him against Oakland and and the games where he was playing, but he was replacing basically David Montgomery. So they felt like they had to run in between the tackles more, right? He got to be, you know, we still got to be able to do those things. Like, I feel like he'd be running too fast to be trying to handle him jet sweeps. And, and like, it's hard to turn that corner when you're running that fast. It's easier on the reverse because you got depth. But when you're coming straight down the line, trying to, it's just those are tough. So for him to be able to get more carries where he can go downhill, because I think he's a very good downhill runner, one cut, and he's turning on the accelerator. I mean, we saw the the big yard, the big run he had yesterday, you know, in the first quarter, just being able to bounce it out and then put turn on the accelerator. And so I want. I would like to see him get more carries like that because he got the ability to open things up and make it easier for David Montgomery. Yeah, 18 carries for David Montgomery, eight for Jameer Gibbs. I'd just like to see it a little bit closer, you know, yeah. just a, a little bit closer. And I understand you're going with David Montgomery because he's the grinder. You're trying to kill the clock, yada, yada. 3.1 yards per carry versus seven and a half. I get it. Different functions when you're calling plays for them, but still, come on, we got to get that a little closer. Oh yeah. I, I would say so. I mean, 18 and eight, that's what 26. So that can be, I mean, it don't have to be 13 and 13. I get it, but it could be, you know, 20, it could be 14 and, and 12, 15, you know what I'm saying? Like it could be a little bit closer than 18 and eight. I mean, I think Jameer at least need more than at least 10 or more, you know, Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And it was a good day from the offensive line as well. They had some push in the run game. You know, at times they 
it was it stalled out at times, but still a good game. Only one sack from the offensive line. And even after losing Frank Ragnow, and it doesn't sound as though it's a serious injury. We're still waiting on word for that. But he goes down. Graham goes into center. And then the rookie Colby Sorosdal goes to right guard. And he has his struggles once again. But it's nice to see that they're still able to function. And hopefully they'll get Ragnow back soon. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see what actually happened to uh Frank. I just saw the uh that he had hurt his knee. So um You couldn't really tell from the video. It didn't look like much, and it kinda when he goes down, it doesn't look like he's in too much pain. And then they announced later after the game that it was a knee injury. So I'm I, I really don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully he can get right, man. I mean, they've been kind of battling injuries all year on that O line. Um, especially Frank, man. He's it's a big time, big time when he's in there. Um, so hopefully, you know, he can get that, you know, back healthy and get back out there so they can get. I was excited yesterday because I think I think they were saying this is going to be the first time they've had like the full group because Jonah Jackson was coming back. Um, and then all of a sudden I look up. I mean, you look at that first drive, they would go straight down the field. And then I look up and, you know, Frank's gotten hurt and. You know, so now it's just kind of like, wow, what happened to Frank? I didn't, I didn't get to see it. I was um, kind of watching the game at the, uh, I was at the soccer game yesterday with my son, so I was basically watching the game on my iPad. Um, so I didn't actually get to see uh, what happened, but we'll see. Hopefully, they get back together and get some reps in and and, and be able to to move forward. Uh, being that strongest group on the team that that they that they started out the season as yeah kind of the heartbeat of this team the focal point the thing you don't really have to worry about and we almost take for granted at times and for the saints the offensive line i I don't know i don't know about the saints offensive line two sacks is all they allowed on the day but it felt like Derek carr was under pressure a lot aiden hutchinson didn't have the stat sheet, but seven pressures still pretty good day. It just doesn't show up in the box score. And Bruce Irvin, 36 years old with a sack. Yeah. Damn. I mean, that was, I didn't even know I didn't even know he had signed with us. I missed that. He was on the practice squad for a couple of weeks and I missed the game day uh-huh. elevation. Yeah, I didn't even know he was on the team. I look up, I was like, oh, that's Bruce. I mean, he played yesterday for free, but because, I mean, that hit on Derek Carr, they're going to find him. I'm just telling you right now, he's going to get a hefty fine. So, I mean, it's going to be 15 grand plus. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. But he is a good addition, I feel like, to that to that group. He's a veteran, so he can help Aiden Hutchinson. He can help, you know, uh, all those young guys. You know, I know Houston is, is hurt, um, but – I mean, just they could benefit from him. And then if they can get, you know, a sack or two every now and then, that don't that don't help. I mean, that don't hurt either. Yeah, and hopefully Houston can come back sometime soon as well so they can work together, not just learn from watching, but learn from mimicking and repeating and working together. And it just was nice to see someone opposite Aiden Hutchinson offer some sort of pressure. Cause we just really haven't had that Josh Pascal. He's, he started to flash a little bit, three pressures, but just haven't had that nice to see Bruce Irvin on limited snaps, get a sack, get a, a big hit, even though it cost us, but yeah, it's going to cost us. <laughs> but I mean, he, he, it was good to see. It was good to see 
I like the veteran presence that they added. Super Bowl champion, like he's he has the experience. He he can help them. I think he's a great addition to that D line. And speaking of Derek Carr, he's the one that took that massive hit from Bruce Irvin. He gets he he leaves the game twice because just general maladies. Derek Carr is not being healthy this year at all. He's got a bad shoulder. He's got a bad ankle. He has a concussion. I think he hurt his back yesterday too. Interception, loses the fumble as well. Throws a touchdown pass to Jimmy Graham though. Jimmy Graham, his second reception of the season, both touchdowns. <laughs> both touchdowns. <laughs> hey man, Jimmy's a touchdown machine, man. He's been doing it for a long time. Um, and man, it was a nice route, nice move on on Tracy and Hey man, Jimmy's like, hey, I'm two for two. So you put me in the game, in the red zone, throw me the ball. That's the only role I need to play. Don't put me in unless it's the red zone. I don't want to block. I don't want to get tackled. I want to catch the ball in the end zone for a touchdown. <laughs> Perfect. It was it was beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful seeing Jimmy Graham scoring another touchdown for the New Orleans Saints, even if it was at the expense of the Detroit Lions. Right. It was but, good, though. Absolutely. But the one thing I didn't like was, again, they had special packages. So you know Taysom Hill is a running quarterback. And they still struggled tackling a quarterback who runs the football. 0 for 2 passing. He was not a threat passing the football, but 13 carries, 51 yards, and a TD. Four and a half yards per carry again to a quarterback you know is going to run the football. What is it about a guy playing quarterback that they just all of a sudden can't handle? Because when it's a running back, they have no issue stopping running backs. But now it's Taysom Hill, Justin Fields, Jordan Love, whoever. It's just you give you direct snap it to someone, and the Lions can't handle them in the run game. Well, see, the quarterback is generally not used in a sense, in the run game, right? So when you go seven-man box, you're protecting yourself against the pass. So you got four D linemen and you got three linebackers, right? And you're protecting yourself against the pass from the quarterback. When you got eight-man box, you're generally trying to stop the run. So they got seven blockers. We got eight defenders, right? They got five O-linemen tight end and a back for the most part, or they got five old linemen, a tight end and two backs. Right. So that's a lot of guys. So what happens is the quarterback is not accounted for. So now when you put Taysom Hill in the game, now if you go eight man box, they got eight guys to block your eight guys. And the quarterback is running. See, generally the quarterback isn't involved. So we got eight guys to stop your seven. So there's always going to be an unblocked guy. When you got eight guys to block eight guys and the runner, now as long as we get body on body, somebody got to win. Somebody got to get off a block because we got enough people to block your people. And that's what happens when you have a taste. That's why teams started doing the wildcat and all that stuff, because now you put that wide receiver, that quarterback as a wide receiver, and you put a receiver in there, somebody that can run the ball. You got to account for that guy. 
right? That's the big difference. And I think that's why Taysom Hill, because he runs the ball like a running back, right? But he's the quarterback. So it puts you in a weird situation because you don't want to do too much because he's a quarterback. So he can still throw the ball, right? So, nah, you don't have to go too high and treat him like Aaron Rodgers. But you also got to respect the fact that he is an NFL quarterback. So he can throw. He might want to run all the time, but he can throw it if you do something crazy enough in coverage to try to stop my run and leave your corners and stuff out to dry with my wire. Like, I will throw it. And so I think that's what the trick is. It's, it's hard to, to completely sell out for the run of the quarterback when he can still hand it off to the running back. He can play action and, and, and throw the ball. So I think that's what makes it difficult. I think – Taysom Hill having a few carries for the few yards like that, I I think they'll be happy with that. And and I can absolutely live with it too. It's just when you see the pattern of the mobile quarterback having success against the Lions, it just makes you worry a little bit. But again, had a good game against the running game. Jamal Williams, former Detroit Lion, five carries for 10 yards, two yards per carry. Love to see that. 51 yards on the ground from Alvin Kamara. He did have 58 receiving yards, but he also had 13 targets and only caught six of them. So the Lions, great job shutting Alvin Kamara down as they tried to run him and just check down to him. It was pretty much two guys on offense. It was Chris Olave at wide receiver, eight targets. Alvin Kamara had 13, and then we had two guys get two receptions, and everyone else had one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I like Alvin Kamara. He's 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 a Really, really good player. Um, and then Chris Olave, you know. But like you say, it, I mean, all their starting receivers were out. Were out. Like, like, yeah, I mean, they didn't. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I felt like the Lions could have had a better defensive performance. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think they could have done better when you only have one threat. Chris Olave almost got them back in the game. Like, you know what I'm saying? They did a good job on Kamara, you know, only having six out of 13. So they played well enough, but it's just like, like that game shouldn't have been as stressful from just from a defensive standpoint, right? We're up 21-0, like defensively continue to shut those guys down and, and we're and we're enjoying But, I mean, we, we let them back in the game. So that, that worries me a little bit. Because I felt like they were super short-handed offensively, you know, and like you say that 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 makes them revert to the dink and dunk. We either gonna hit Chris Olave, you know, deep, or we're gonna check it down to Alvin Kamara. Um, and they were able to get back in the game that way. So that's that's a little scary, but 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 they did enough. They made enough plays. And they came through and got stops and scores in the crunch time when they needed it. And that's what matters. Exactly. They started hot, had that lull, finished hot once again. And I think they are back to building. This was, it. I wish it wasn't as stressful as it was in the end, but that's all right. We can live with it. The stress is worth it when you get a W. And speaking of stress and getting a W, now the Lions head to Chicago, face the Chicago Bears, a team that stressed us the hell out the last time we faced the Chicago Bears, but we still got the W. Yeah, I mean, it was cold in Green Bay last night, 
I don't know if it's going to be that cold in Chicago. It's early, but that's going to be a tough game. You know, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be probably chilly, pretty cold. And Chicago, Chicago, you know, the Lions are going to have to jump out on them like they jumped out on the Saints because Chicago believe they can beat the Lions. They almost beat us at our home in a normal environment. Coming to the cold, outside on the grass, Chicago going to come with a little more energy, and the Lions are going to have to match it because they, they if they get up 14, whatever points it was like they were last time, I think it's going to be a lot more difficult for, for Detroit to try to come back in the, in the situation that they're going to be in and, you know, the, the, the field conditions and all those different things, I think it's going to be a little tougher to try to come back if they let themselves get behind early in the game. And that's why you got to come out hot. You got to come out swinging. Like you said, the Bears believe they can beat the Lions because they almost did. The Lions know they can beat the Bears, so we just have to go out and prove it. And interestingly enough, this is going to be the last outdoor game for the Detroit Lions until the playoffs, if they have an outdoor game in the playoffs, because we're in Chicago. Then we play the Broncos at home in Minnesota, in Dallas, and then at home against the Vikings. So rest of the games are going to be inside. And then once we get to the playoffs, they're hosting a game round one. Round two could be in Philly, could be in San Fran, could be in Detroit. So only one potential cold game down the stretch Man, after the Bears. Crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Because San Fran is it's colder than it is usually, but it's it's not cold. I don't know, man. It, it ain't going to be like Green Bay cold, yeah, but I, yeah. I remember going to San Fran one year. Man, it's cold out there. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be chilly. It'll be winter, but it's not going to be negative 20. Nah, it won't, it won't be that. It won't be that. But, man, it was cold that day. I was out there for a preseason game. Really? I, man, it was and cold. And it was that cold? Yeah. Just standing out there all day, man, it was cold. I was like, yikes. But I think a lot of it is you don't mentally prepare for it to be cold like that. I think yeah. sometimes you go to Green Bay, you prepare for it to be cold. Like you expect that. So mentally, you can tougher up, make it a little better for yourself. But like when you don't think it's going to be cold and you're, you're expecting, oh, it's California, it's going to feel nice. Shoot. You're going to be <laughs> frozen out there in San Francisco. All right. we, we can't just write off San Fran as a nice game, but it, it won't be as bad as Green Bay, Chicago, probably not as bad as Philadelphia. Yeah, it won't be that bad. Yeah. So we've got a, we've got a good end of the season here, Glover. I know we've had our struggles. We've had this little lull over the past couple of weeks, but I think there's some exciting times ahead. Yeah, and I think, I mean, how many games they got left? Five? One, two, three, five. Yep. Yeah. Five. I mean. Two home games three on the road yeah i mean i would look for the next two next two to three weeks and be wrapping up the division yep i mean they're what two and a half games ahead of everybody yep at least so they win sunday and win the next week they should be then clinched because it only be what three games left yeah and the packers won't be able to catch them at this point that point And the Vikings, they'll play the Vikings, but the Vikings might not even be in contention at that point. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the Vikings didn't even play this week, did they? Nope. They had the bye this week. Yeah. So, yeah, they might be clinching in 
one two games. Whew. That'd be crazy. That'd be dope. That's exciting. That's exciting. Two games to potentially clinch this division. Lions NFC North champions. It is going to be beautiful. Gonna be awesome. I might have to be there. I want to go to Dallas, but I might have to be in Detroit if they uh if they got potential to clinch. I might have to be there. That's gonna be a celebration. Let's go. Let's go. I cannot wait. It's gonna be a good couple of weeks ahead for us. You have any final thoughts on the weeks ahead? The season to come, NFL, life in general? Nah, man, it's holiday season, man. I, I love holiday season. It's, you know, it's the last, almost last quarter of the of the fo- football season. You know, the much anticipated. I remember all the excitement in the air around the beginning of football season. So we don't made it through the excitement. We don't went through the lull of the midseason. And now we're on the the final stretch of excitement. And it's excitement for the season now. It's excitement for the end of the year. So we just got to finish strong, right? You got to finish the year strong. Teams got to finish the season strong. And um, let's just gear up and enjoy this this last month of 2023. Let's go. Let's enjoy this last month, both personally finish the year strong on a high note for you personally finish the year strong for the Detroit Lions heading into the playoffs just finish the year strong enjoy those holidays and hopefully enjoy a win over the Chicago Bears this coming Sunday but we will be back to talk all of that and more until then though we'll see you next time peace Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.